Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian. It's been a long time and I'm happy to be back with you. Joined this evening by my good friend down in Austin, Frank. Frank, how are you tonight? Doing well, Brian. I I think we can call that the technical difficulties hiatus of 2023. Yeah, it really was back to back to back, just mess ups and, and failures. But you know what I will say? I was looking back. I so for listeners, uh, I had a our soundboard or our uh, audio mixer went out completely. Not the worst thing that could have happened. Uh, matter of fact, when we started this podcast in 2016, we didn't have that sound mixer. Um, oh, and, but you can you can hear a big difference if you don't have it. Yeah, and and it's also much easier for me to edit because I'm done with this podcast. I just run to filters uh, and upload and go. Whereas in the past, we would have everyone has an individual audio file that they'd have to send to me, and then I would have to patch everything together in multiple channels. It was just a mess. It was a mess. Uh, so yeah, that happened. The screen on my MacBook Pro. Uh, is still in the midst of going out. Um, I never use my screen, uh, and you know I just use it closed, and I have an external monitor right up above. It's nice. And then uh, I was getting ready to set up for this call, and I was like, oh, motherfucker, I need the webcam that is on this monitor. <laughs> it's kind of essential to being able to see one another. I mean, we could do it without, but, you know, it's just nice. It's nice to see each other. Um, but, you know, combine that with various illnesses, and uh, the holidays, it shit happens, bruh. Shit happens. I think this is our longest hiatus, yeah, it, though. It it is. Yeah, we've never gone. What what are we at? Probably fifteen weeks without recording. I was gonna say. I think it was um, before Thanksgiving. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it's more like twelve weeks, but it it has taken that long. So, I mean, life has just been a bitch for most of the members of this podcast for the past like three months honestly <laughs> so I, I think, think it's i think it's um, from Dece- like just a month of december and january the people of this podcast should take a fucking break don't don't leave the house uh <laughs> don't i don't know i don't know what to do because last year parker had his his incident his, his right around the same time his cry yeah. for help uh, oh, I'm sick. Look at me. Uh, <laughs> hospitalized <laughs> for like I'm six gonna die weeks. on you. No, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, maybe I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the weakest cliffhanger of all time Parker hit us with. Um, oh, uh, my God. Well, the ending was very climactic. We yeah. were very happy. But, yeah. you know, some might, some might say it wasn't dramatic enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who those people are. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, we are glad that Parker's still with us and he's happy and healthy. That's great. Um, but I feel like he brought on some bad juju for the, for the fourth quarter of every year from then on, I guess, for this podcast. Yeah. So we're, um, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're all in much better spots now, but yeah, it's been, it's been a bitch. The ride's been crazy. Um, and I think today we're going to cover a lot of the fucking crazy topics, not, not necessarily like personal health problems, whatever that aside, 
Um, there have been some learnings in the past couple of months that I think the world just needs to fucking wake up to and either we need to deal with it or we all just need to agree that this is how it is and stop fucking bitching about it because any case, what are you drinking? Ryan? Yeah, thanks. Well, I was going to ask if you want to talk about what we're drinking real quick and then we'll get into it. Well, I am drinking, <laughs> uh, I have uh, like at this point, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I feel like this podcast should be called no comma beer left behind. Uh, because I haven't had a beer in a long time and it is not because I haven't wanted one. I have desperately wanted to drink beer on a regular occasion. Um, and it's just not, not, not in the cards for old, old Bry man's health lately. Uh, I've found a pretty good, um, uh, I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now. I found a pretty good regimen, uh, of like what to eat, what to drink, to, to manage my chronic illness. I've been, it, it is what it is. It's a goddamn chronic illness. Uh, and honestly, beer is one of those things that like in very, very small quantities with the right food before and after I can be okay for right now. Tomorrow may be yeah. different, but that seems to be the trend lately. So I have my one beer a week. Last week it was, uh, a, a really badass prairie beer, um, that our friend Jay, uh, suggested, um, it was really, really good. It, was, it had like marshmallow fluff in it, which I was like, whatever, let's Ooh. see how this goes. But it was amazing. So it was good. Um, but you know what I have been able to drink, Frank? Spirit. Spirits. Yeah, 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 spirits. Uh, liquor, just liquor I can I can consume. And uh, So, so here, right. here's a quick question. Did, and, and I'm not going to get into the details, but did they do the gluten tolerance test on you at all? Yeah, so I have... For I mean, for the last fourteen or sixteen months, I've been keeping food journals um, combined okay. combined with uh, the follow through journals. I'll just say, um, and there is. <laughs> I mean, the day after you got input and output. Well, my friend, it was not day after; it was about fifteen minutes after. Uh, so oh, fair, fair. It, it was a throughput uh, situation that yeah, we're, yeah. we're keeping track of. And honestly, I have found no, absolutely no, no correlation. correlation. Yeah. Now there are foods that uh, tend to uh, like digest better. And those are the ones yeah. that I stick with. Uh, it makes for kind of a boring existence at times, but anytime I step out of that, it is a miserable existence for me. So, yeah. And you know what? That's the best. Like, like keep yourself healthy, no matter what it takes. I think that's what I learned after I stopped, you know, drinking i'll have a beer every now and then you know mm -hmm. but it's it's me being able to enjoy the foods that i enjoy not have to worry about because my problem is is like chronic acid reflux that just i mean it turns into like middle of the night you know waking up with mm -hmm. reflux in your mouth and thinking you're gonna choke and shit like terrible but frank my my right? and <clears throat> my acid my stomach acid was so bad uh, that I was convinced that I had a, like a permanent ear infection. So the acid mm. backed up into my ears. It felt like, like I could turn my head and hear fluid moving. Just like if I oh, had Jesus. like gone underwater and got water in my ear. Um, yeah, I wasn't that bad, but well, I mean, I also didn't, but I mean, it's bad in a different way. Cause I didn't have reflux. So like I didn't have acid in my mouth or anything yeah. like that, any of those uncomfortable symptoms, but mine were, it was wild. Shit's wild. And, it was like backwashed in. Yeah, and uh, uh, pharmaceutical grade anti acid and acids. It doesn't work. That well, it worked for me. Um, and then oh, okay. 
And then I had to stop taking them because they were also causing some other problems. So it was a real fucking, it's a real shit show around Brian's body, but we're getting there anyway. Uh, go on. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, just to, to reiterate kind of the point you were making earlier, that, that once you figure out what it is, you have a decision, right? And to me, it was like, okay, you know, uh, should I just try not to drink? And I did. And it, it solved it. And now it's like, even when I get the urge, you know, because you still, you're like, hey, you know, what'd be really nice, right? Like last week, my daughter was in the hospital. I would have loved to have, you know, like several beers yeah. <laughs> while this was happening. Yeah. I literally sure. told my wife, I was like, you know, genius spot for a liquor store right next to a children's hospital. <laughs> like, just throw it down. <laughs> Every parent in there could use a beer right now. Lean into um, it. Not, not, not just a liquor store. And, then, and bar. Laura, but then, you know, which she said, well, you know, that could be unhealthy and that's probably not healthy for the parent's psyche. And I was like, just go with me on this for a yeah. minute. <laughs> hey, hey, Dr. Phil, <laughs> you pipe down over there and just help yeah. me out here. Like, thank you. But, you know, uh, but any case, you know, like, <clears throat> even at that point, th then all I have to remember is you know, the acid reflux that I woke up with, and it sounds, it sounds like nothing. Like e even I thought, you know, Oh, acid reflux can't be that bad. Well, if you have something that triggers it to the extent where it matters, it's bad. Yeah. And, you know, and I can't even imagine the additional symptoms that people deal with, you know, like people with Crohn's and all that shit. Like it's miserable. Mm -hmm. That like that, all that entire spectrum of shit is miserable. Was that a pun? And for you if going all you have to connection? do is, yeah, but if you just don't have to drink beer, oh yeah, oh, or if you just drink a beer a week, you know, like fuck it, yeah, it is what it is, you know. Like I'd rather have great days with my kid and you know not have to worry about shit than you know the the temporary night enjoyment that I get from hanging outside drinking with friends. And there's plenty of good non-alcohol options that we've covered, so. Yeah. Well, Segway. I'm having the new Shiner. Oh, how's that? NA. Uh, it is probably the best Pilsner NA that I've had. It's better than the Athletic. Um, it's not. It's not as cereal forward as um, Peroni's, which I still think you know. It's it's. This is more of like an American Pilsner versus a Italian Pilsner. Yeah. I guess I don't know if those things are different they technically, are. but. For me, they've always tasted different. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say for the American Pilsner enjoyer, like this is a very good beer. Um, people, you know, I, I I think you'd be hard pressed to tell the difference between this and, and the same beer that had alcohol. Oh, there it is. Oh, it is a beautiful thing. I've missed, I've missed the 915 train through Buda. My God. Um. Yeah, no, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, not funny. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Frank. Uh, so I was listening to an episode of Modern Brews and Beats, which is the podcast that Jerry from NTX underscore beer um, hosts. And it's the first time, uh, admittedly, is the first first time I'd checked out the podcast in a while. Um, and it was funny because I turned it on and I forgot that I cut a bunch of promos for them. And their podcast. So the first thing you hear is, hi, I'm Brian from No Beer Left Behind podcast. And you're listening to Modern Brews and Beats. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. Hey, look at that. Anyway, um, it was episode 187 that they released uh, on January 5th. 
and uh, he interviewed this guy named Brendan Smith. Uh, he brewed in a couple of different spots here in Dallas and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, but he has a uh, he has since left the the brewing brewing part of uh, the business, um, and he now is a giant advocate and a YouTube reviewer of non-alcoholic beers. Um, he calls it the Hangover Free Reviews. Um, and he's known as the brewing sailor. So, um, his YouTube channel is out there. I think if you look under the brewing sailor, it's there. Um, but he's got a cool story and, uh, he, he drinks a lot of NA beers and beer, NA beers that one, we can't get here in Texas Two that may not even be released in their home markets. So if you want to look for some different stuff and, uh, Maybe give him a shout out and a follow. I think that'd be, I think you might find interest in that. Yeah. So I, I, um, I've, I want to say I've seen maybe a reel that he did or something. They do shorts. Yes, he does. So, um, I somehow this popped up and I think, I think it was because I had been searching for reviews of the, um, Deschutes Black Butte. Porter. Oh yeah, the NA um, Black Butte, the NA one, which personally to me I think is the best NA beer out. Um, I think it's the closest to a real. Um, to, so if you put that next to a normal Black Butte, not like the barrel age, nothing like that, yeah. just a normal one, you would be hard pressed to tell the difference outside of the alcohol kick at the end. Like the flavor is almost damn near identical. That's perfect. I mean, that's um, what that's what I like about Zero Zero Guinness, is. Yeah, it's you. It's you cannot so tell close. the difference, really. Um, yeah. But no, I, I'm I'm glad that Shiner came through with it. I know they're very very proud of their NA beers this year. Uh, also, be on the lookout for Shiner Spirits um, coming this spring. Uh, complete with oh, awesome! Complete with their own vodka, whiskey, and I think they do have a bourbon that's aged there. I think they've been they've had this this project going for a while, so I think it's actually a traditional bourbon uh, coming out of their distillery there in uh, uh, Shiner. Jesus Christ. Um, no, uh, speaking of spirits, I am drinking a spirit. Never talked about what it was, um, but it is kind of special. Um, it is a Reposado tequila uh, called Siete Leguas, uh, um, which I don't know if have you ever... Seven legs? Seven leagues. Leagues. Um, yeah. Le- oh, sorry, what did you say? Leguas. I don't know if you oh, I, th- I just heard legs. No, siete <laughs> legs. No, <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, man, that's kind of like mailing it in on the name. Yeah, really. <laughs> they had me in the first half, and then <laughs> no, yeah, um, I, I was like seven legs. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no. So uh, this is a fucking phenomenal tequila. Um, yeah. a little backstory: the guy who founded Patron. Uh, sold Patron and was like, I'm going to retire. Sold it for a shit ton of money. We're good. Nah, fuck it. Let's open up a new tequila, tequila distillery. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is that family's uh, new tequila runs. I think they've been around for a little while. Uh, but my God, this shit is amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of incredible. Like the, so I feel as though with the absurd prices of bourbon and scotch mm-hmm. 
folks have now moved to kind of find a new category. And it, it seems as though a lot of Americans really enjoy high-grade tequila, which is great. Um, I would 100% recommend trying to find the smallest, you know, family-owned distillery you can find because they make the best tequila. Dude, this tastes... Um, I, it's, I've heard the term agave must, which is basically the the juice mm-hmm. that they squeeze off of cooked agave. And I've never, like, I've never tasted anything that I could describe as that in a tequila, in a finished tequila, but holy fuck, this is like, um, it's literally like nectar. <laughs> it's so good. It's so I've, I've, I had the, the, the good fortune of, I don't know. I was like 22, 23 of accompanying my dad to the Chicago, uh, uh, food and wine festival. Mm-hmm. And we were just there trying, you know, to find new brands and whatnot. And, we found this father and son who the dad didn't speak any English. Um, the son spoke English, but he was like my age and <clears throat> they had us try their tequila. And it was the first time in my life that I understood Like if you, if you talk to people that know tequila, good tequila is like high proof wine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not meant to burn the shit out of your throat. Not it's not all. meant to, you know, um, be off-putting it's not also and not supposed to have any like artificial like lime flavors or like vanilla no. flavors and shit no but when you find someone who makes good reposado tequila you, you will know that it's good like it's difficult to describe to folks because 90 percent of what you're having is like the johnny walker of tequilas mm-hmm. right um it's just mixed and blended to get the same flavor and that's not how tequila is no. Um, so it, it is a plant and those plants have different sugar content when they get harvested, they have different, you know, call it terroir. Um, and, and they will taste different. It's not, you're not going to get barrel to barrel, the exact same tequila every single time. Um, from a flavor perspective, alcohol content, et cetera, you can control that, but you know, it's, it's very similar to rum where <laughs> if you've developed a certain flavor for rum, um, you know, or bourbon, they're going to go and try to recreate that flavor over and over. But some of the most special ones are the ones that are single barrel are the ones that you can taste, you know, the uniqueness of a given product or a given vintage or a given year, right? Like it, it kind of matters yeah. and it, it, it can, it can matter as much as it does in wine, um, for certain products. And tequila is certainly one of them where, you know, I have found, some very, very, very good tequilas that don't cost a lot of money that will like, you know, knock your socks off compared to the big branded stuff that just gets mixed in one barrel. And Dude. Well, yeah. I think, I don't know. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, there are two things you can look for when you're looking for small batch tequila or tequila that is uh, single estate tequila, if you will, because those are very, very good uh, and also very, very unique. And yep. they don't have to be, very, very expensive. But if you look for two things... They rarely are because people don't know about them. No. You look for two things on bottles. Uh, tequila is one of those. It's kind of like French winemaking um, where they have label designations uh, that are by law. You have to have these things on there. So one, obviously, we hear agave or blue agave. Jose Cuervo has got blue, is made with blue agave, but it is not 100% blue agave. It's 51% blue agave and then a bunch of other shit mixed in up to and including grain alcohol. 
Um, so mm-hmm. not really tequila, but if you look for bottles that have NOM, um, a NOM number, it'll say NOM and then it'll be four digits. That number, you can actually go to the, uh, like it's basically uh, the Tequila Distillers of Mexico's website, type in that four digit number under the NOM lookup yep. and find out exactly where every bit of that sugar came from that's, that goes into that tequila. The other one is CRT. Not critical race theory. You fucking racist, sit down. CRT uh, is the tequila designation that basically it's it's more than just paying a fee to be to have a CRT uh, label put on your bottle. Um, they that means they get inspected. Um, they also have their liquid inspected, not just the farms, uh, to make sure that they're yeah. actually growing Weber Blue Agave. Make sure that that's healthy. They're not doing any f- shady shit when it comes to adding sugars, pesticides, and shit. Yeah. 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 Um, so those two things are on every label of good tequila that I've ever had. Um, they're also things that uh, high end high end tequila consumers look for, and they'll go through and research themselves. But that, you know, that makes a lot of sense because in, in, in wine regions that are proud and, and the reason that you cannot trust Napa Valley wine is because they don't have this. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're paying for a $50 bottle out of Napa, you're essentially trusting that you're not buying marketing. Right. Okay. Um, any region that is worth its salt and any region that wants to be taken seriously at a global level, it normally has an entire certification process for both the process of making the tequila and you know what types of tequila or what types of agave can be grown in certain parts what types of agave can be turned into tequila right so all of that stuff matters how the agave is raised you know uh you know are you using pesticides herbicides um if so are they approved or are they not approved you know like all of that shit can impact the quality, the flavor, and the reputation of the region. So it it's important. I personally don't trust several wine regions in America, Washington, Oregon, and Napa, with any high dollar wines um, because they don't certify. There's no there's no certification and production process certification. And every time someone tries to introduce it, they call it, you know, anti-capitalistic and limiting the market and all that shit, which is total horseshit. Bullshit, yeah. Um, you know, because it, any industry that wants to be taken seriously as an artisanal industry needs to protect. They don't need to add barriers to entry. That's not what I'm saying, but they need to protect the craft. Right. And unfortunately, that does mean. Oh, Frank. Meeting a certain standard. Of production quality and meeting certain rule sets, right? What's up? And now you 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 cut out for a good like three count there, um, but then everything that you said came oh. all, came all out. Uh, you might want to kill video because I, oh, I killed it as well. I think we may be okay. running into some bandwidth issues. Um, I know Mrs. Bryant yeah, is is knee deep in some Netflix show at the moment, so uh, okay. it may be on my end. And also, I'll probably kill my ex. No worries. Um. Well, Frank, I, I I feel like tequila time be a good little segment for the podcast uh, in the future. Yeah, I can get some good tequila and taste them with you. It's you know, tequila is one of the one of the spirits that I find I find it fascinating because of how wildly different they taste at oh, yeah. different price levels. And we're not talking about needing to pay 
you can buy very, very fucking good tequila for 70 or 80 bucks. Uh, dude, um, this is probably, well, this the is the equivalent. Well, no, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I, 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 we'll get to Go what ahead. that costs. But the equivalent of that experience in scotch or bourbon is multiple hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I um, So, so, you know, I think value for money, rum and tequila is where it's at in terms of, you know, well-made, high, high craft spirits. Um, but I don't blame people for liking bourbon and scotch. That shit's good too, dude. I um, so I had I, just, I can't justify the cost anymore. It's too it's too crazy. I well, it's the cost also over the last three years. I mean, uh, I bought a yeah. bottle of Highland Park twelve uh, year scotch, Highland single malt scotch. Yeah, it sounds fancy. Uh, three years ago, I paid thirty nine dollars for it. And I wanted another bottle because I haven't had it in a while. Uh, it was $64. Oh, fuck S- off. Same dude. liquid. S- exact same liquid. Um, so it, that that part has, has kind of driven me nuts. But uh, what I was going to say to your tequila pricing point, um, I was lucky enough to sample some tequilas uh, with the head distiller, the owner of, this, of the distillery, uh, Casa San Matias, a while back. Um, and they poured a variety of tequilas. They were all very, very good. Um, they make, they're the makers of Corazon tequila. Um, really solid stuff. The most expensive, they have an Añejo, uh, from Corazon or they they have an Añejo that's like $42 and it's amazing. It's been aging for over three years in, uh, ex bourbon barrels. Tastes amazing. Mm -hmm. But in that same flight, she poured us an extra Añejo, which I have since bought four bottles of because I'm a big fan oh, of geez. it. Um, but that thing uh, was only $60. Um, oh, yeah, that's worth it. Really solid. And then they poured, um, I think that it's called like Casa del Rey. I don't know. It's in this like hand-blown crystal bottle shaped like a sun. It looks like a the sun off the poncho's sign um, mm-hmm. as a bottle. <laughs> um, but that thing retails for well over $300. And after tasting it, I had to put my best game face on and act like it was really, really very special. When in fact, the Añejo and Extra Añejo that we had just tasted less than 10 minutes before wiped the floor with the flavors that were coming out of them. Like yeah. it was just amazing what the difference was. But again, the exclusivity, um, the experience of having a hand blown glass bottle, it was fucking. It was kind of cool, and I bet. But like, I think that's you know probably seventy percent of the cost of that has, bottle has to be because the liquid. I mean, um, I know they aged it differently or whatever, but it, it, I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, but you know, it's it is funny how um, I, I have also noticed that you know there's a lot more tequila being marketed, sold. Like I think what's his face. Uh, the Rock just oh. passed. Uh, no, his his tequila brand, uh, Trace Hermanos, I think, or something like that. He just passed. Um, uh, a billion units sold. Yeah, I think it was a billion. Um, well, I mean, goddamn Casamigos, which is crazy. Sold I mean, for how much money? And all George Clooney did was add some vanilla to some mediocre tequila. Yep. So, so that's the thing. It's called Terramina, and it's not Trace Amigos. I don't know why I said that, but it's Terramina. <laughs> um, it is a 100% Blue Weber Agave um, 
roasted brick ovens, aged, aged in bourbon air, barrel uh, tequila. It, it is it is a legit tequila. Like he yeah. legitimately said, unless you're making it the real way, I won't put my name on it. And he has since built this brand. Whereas, uh, what's it? Dos Dos Amigos. What was the one? Casamigos. They had Casamigos. Um, it was just kind of like a regional blend of tequila. Yeah. Um, this is legit, like well-made tequila. Apparently people do, do like it. If they don't have any, you know, like incredibly fancy bottles, but they have, they have an Añejo, um, they have a silver, um, and like I said, they just, they just went through a billion units sold. Um, the dude probably you know, in the next year or two is going to be a billionaire just off of this. Yeah. I was going to say um, on top of the 92 other things that he does throughout the day before yeah. nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 it's cool to see tequila take off because it's been a long time coming. People have been drinking like such shitty tequila and yep. enjoying it that you're like, man, just drink really good ones and you don't have to pay that much for it. Well, and you don't have um, to like, you can get flavors out of, just single estate tequila that you one you would have like you would assume that you would have to mix a shot to taste like this and it's not yeah you don't have to mix it you don't have to like you have to pull out the shaker and lime you can just pour a really good pour of tequila over some ice and enjoy it straight out the bottle i can't remember what the first honestly this is going to sound real real fucking 2005 of me but i think the first good tequila I ever had, like that I was like, well, I could absolutely just sip on this was Patron. Um, yeah, but like, sure. I feel like that was a lot back of people back, back then. That, back then that was like the only one you could get. That was good. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, right. Cause the, the entire market was flooded with like Jose Cuervo and what was that? Heaven's Hills and all this bullshit tequila. Oh, Montezuma. Montezuma is what you're talking about. Rum. Yeah, but it, like people never saw it as real, like sipping liquor, right? Yeah. So like tequila was never seen that way, um, and rum wasn't either. Uh, my ma- mind completely changed on rum the first time I went to Dominican Republic because I was like, this is legitimately as good, if not better, than any bourbon I've had. Oh yeah. Um, and then my mind on tequila changed, like I said, luckily also very early on, in you know the 2010s because. It was right around the same time I went and tasted this small production tequila brand out of Mexico. And the dude was like, I just want to sell these for 35 bucks a bottle. We didn't have a liquor license to import at that point. But I was like, dude, give me a bottle. I'll go share it with everybody I know. And eventually we did get him a distributor up there in Minnesota. But it's like people just didn't see it as a liquor that you would sip on. Yeah. Um. Well, but I'm glad that's changed. I, I honestly like. I think the exorbitant prices and the exclusivity of bourbon and fucking Scotch whiskey make no sense to me. Um, there's plenty of very, very equivalent, if not better, experiences to be had in other spirits that you know will scratch that itch for a tenth of the price. Oh yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't get it. I like Pappy Van Winkle for two grand. Fuck off. Like I, I don't care if you own a bottle, if you bought a bottle, if you got a bottle as a gift, that's absurd. Like it yeah. just, it, it, it makes no sense to me. There is not a single distilled product that could ever, you know, justify $2,000. What annoys me about that one in particular. And a lot of those coming out of Buffalo trace 
is that the distiller does not sell them for that much. The distributor. No, they don't. Can't legally sell them for that much. Mm-hmm. It is all at the point of sale at retail that that price change happens. And, and they use it, they use it, they use it as spins, yeah. right? Like in the car industry, there's a term called spins where you can incentivize a dealership to move particular cars and that the, the, the manufacturer will pay you extra to mm-hmm. do that. So giving a, a liquor store two bottles of Pappy is like giving them, you know, three grand for free. Yeah. And, and that is bullshit. Like that is buying shelf space. It's bribery. It should be stopped. Markups on liquor should be capped at a certain percentage. Um, it's bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. Um, you know, and, well, and I, the entire community that supports that whole shit, that's like, oh, look, I got Blanton's for a deal. And, and now Blanton's used to be able to get for 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. I mean, if I you get my... Blanton's for 150, you're, you have a great deal. Yeah. Or right? you could just go to the distillery and get it for 60. <laughs> but like, yeah, the, but that's the, uh, the, but the, pro- the problem is, is that like that community, they all, they go and they're like, Oh, I found it for a hundred bucks. So I bought all of it. Yeah. You're just supporting the problem, dude. Like you guys need to stop buying the fucking product to see what happens. Well, definitely stop buying it from the uh, retailer who's marking it as such. Yeah. So what we've, uh, what uh, I almost said some shit. Um, what good distributors do <laughs> is <laughs> if it is reported that one of their accounts is doing that, uh, they will no longer receive allocations <laughs> um, for that yeah. reason because it's not like we're n- we have like distributors have allocations and yeah sure yeah. if you're a good account that sells a lot of product you'll get a lot of product to sell um, whether that's you know two bottles of some something uber rare or three bottles of something uber rare because you sell a lot of product you move a lot of merchandise um, but like you're supposed to be doing it responsibly because we're, you know, good distributors are uh, supposed to be able to get good products to the people yep. on a regular basis. And if you ruin that trust between the consumer and the brand, you're ruining the brand. And good distributors understand that. Um, so yep. good distributors tend to piss off a lot of retailers uh, because of that. But it's one of those things like it's a they're growing pains in, in an industry like bourbon, just like there was in beer in 2013, yeah. 20 through 2020. And there's no, there's no, you know, so as a person who has bought, you know, shoes off the, the gray reseller market. market yeah. Um, I understand, you know, the need for a secondary market for shit like this, but, that market does not need to exist at the fucking retail outlet. No, that, that (laughs) is bullshit. And that's not, that's never how, and never is how shoes will ever work. Right. No, because Um, imagine Nike finding out (laughs) pissing off everybody. Yeah. By doing that, except in bourbon, it seems as though it, it has turned into this game of like, oh my God, look, I found this. Look at this haul I got at a liquor store. Guess how much it is. And then, you know, people are like, oh, you got 10 bottles. I'm guessing 
$2,500. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you guys are just okay with these numbers? Like, well, are dude, you, you're out of your fucking mind. I, like, I know I'm not the only one who made the transition from the uh, super hype beer world to, you know, being familiar with the world of super hype spirits. Um, yeah. They're the same fucking people. The same people who are at Treehouse uh, buying, you know, full sure. hand trucks of 16 ounce cans same fucking people yep yep and like you know it, it, do i know of of uh i don't even know if i should say this uh, do i know of retailers who have done very very shady things like renting a u-haul and driving down to austin to a brewery that is only selling out of the brew house and buying a bunch of cases oh and then selling them in mckinney I mean, yeah, I do know of them. And, you know, uh, were they selling them on the shelves? Yeah. Was it illegal? Yeah. yeah. Did I, as a person who might or might not be in the beer business, like call TABC to report them? No. But, no, like, but I mean, that's, that's not also the, because TABC is full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, why cause more trouble for these people yeah. who are... Literally, just you know, I, th- those. Yeah, but it's it's just it's just the 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 overall understanding here needs to be that you're getting ripped off. Oh yeah, and you can either just do it and go with it. Like I, I, I want to reiterate the the main difference here. In shoes, I know I am paying extra. Yeah. In bourbon, I am going to the equivalent of a Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> and getting charged triple the price than it should be. To be fair, and that is not right. That's to, not right. To be fair, if you go to the Dick's Sporting Goods equivalent in the liquor world, you're going to like a Specs or Total Wine. To my knowledge, those two places in yes. in particular do not do this, but uh, they do. Have no, they don't. Habit. But ninety uh, percent of ninety percent of their allocations go to their restaurants. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> no, no, not no. Total doesn't do Class B at least here in the state of Texas. Um, but mm-hmm. Total gets very, very. But I'll tell you, it was with. They don't get a lot of allocations with specs. Sorry, no, you, bro- sorry. you broke they, up. What were you saying about Total? Total Wine doesn't have a Class B in the state of Texas, so they don't sell the restaurants. They only sell to the okay. public at, at point of sale. Um, but Specs, what they do do, that's right, I said do-do. Um, Specs, I'm going to turn my camera back on for a second because it's kind of worth it here. Um, what Specs does <clears throat> is they get very exclusive bourbons um, from very small distilleries, and then sometimes they don't put it into their system right. Um <laughs> Or it rings up as something else in the system because your boy got a very special bottle of Iron Root Republic's uh, Harbinger. Mm. Um, a it was a, uh, a a limited small batch that they made just for specs, which makes this story even more ironic. Um, I saw it on the shelf. I saw the price tag associated with it, and I said it's more than I normally spend but I legitimately love iron root and I don't know when I'm going to get to go up there again anytime soon. I'm taking a chance on it. I'll spend the, the price tag full disclosure said $78, not crazy, but way more money yeah. than I normally spend. No, your boy gets yeah, yeah. to the register. That's, that's uh, But I, f- I feel like that's like middle of the road for good bourbon nowadays. Well, and it's also, that. you're only buying this in North Texas. You're not buying this. It's not nationally yes. distributed. Uh, like, no, I, no, it's I, not. It's, it's not. very small. So, again, worth it. 
Um, it is also uh, 121 proof. Uh, so this is a big, this big oh, boy here. Um, but I get to the register. I got some other stuff with me. And it scans through. It's like, ah, it's not scanning through right. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I always feel bad because I'm like, this, I've just brought more work to you at the register. Really sorry about that. Um, the lady, after spending like five, six minutes futzing around with her computer, she brings it back over, scans it in, and goes, there you go. All right. It rang up at uh, <clears throat> $48. So... I was like, well, you know what? It's a great deal. This is great. So it, Can I get she, two? <laughs> she, pulled, she pulled the wholesale price is what she did. No, she pulled. So uh, Iron Root has multiple uh, brandings oh. within the Harbinger brand. She just went and pulled the first Harbinger she that she care. had. Yeah, she was like, fuck it. Because she was like, I looked for this. It wasn't in the system. And I was like, well, it was on the shelf. And I didn't say what it was on the shelf for because I don't want her going back there and looking. But she was like, no, we're just going to ring it up as this. I was like, okay. yeah, really appreciate that. Go ahead and double it up. I'll walk back there and get this. That's awesome, model. dude. But yeah, I, like, yeah, yeah it's, you know, wins. so I think all in all, right. Like if, if that whole market just understood they were actively getting ripped off um, for no other reason than they keep buying it. Like that's that's the thing. If they stop buying, these bottles would go back on the shelf and they'd be sixty bucks. But they keep supporting yep. a secondary resale business within retail, yep. and it's like, okay, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, I I I I just have never understood it. I you know, I gotta I gotta say it. I don't I don't say it often on this show because I, I know I know us and uh, I would never you know. That's the whitest shit I have ever heard is what like it is it really like I am going to pay double because I, I can, I guess. I don't know. I, I've again, you know, going back to what we we're talking about with the really good tequilas or the really high versus the really high price tequilas. I've had amazing. I mean, Frank, uh, when you came up in December, you had the most expensive bourbon I have ever had in my possession. That really, yep. the single barrel, the straight from the barrel Blanton's, I'm going to be yep. I'll say it because I know you might not feel comfortable because it was a really special pour. Not even no, top great. 10, not even top 10 bourbon though. Like it tasted good. It tasted cooler knowing that there was only, you know, less than 200 bottles in the entire state of Texas. Uh, and I had one that was cool. But it wasn't yep. like the retail on that bottle is and suggested retail, not what you would end up paying at a store like the one down the street from me that was selling it for seven hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, that is not what it's retail. That's not what it's supposed to be retail for. And that's honestly not what it's worth. No, um, I would drink this Harbinger. That's, all that's fucking the problem day. with the whole thing. Now, like now, I think I think I, I will say Blanton's single barrel. Amazing. But that no, no. But it's 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 the same that happens in wine, right? Like it, there is not a single bottle of wine. Okay, there's a big step up in flavor, and and you know experience from a ten dollar bottle to a thirty dollar, right. or even fifty. But between fifty and a hundred it's maybe 15% better. 
Yeah. And then between a hundred and a thousand, you know, you're talking about maybe, uh, maybe the difference between a $50 and a thousand dollar bottle is like 30%. Right. So are you willing to spend 20 times the amount for a 30% better experience? Right. Like that's people need to start quantifying this shit. Cause it's not, it's, it doesn't make sense. Like I, I don't understand the infatuation with specifically, you know, the allocated whiskey. If, if I'm trying to give someone a nice gift, I, I try to find an allocated bottle, but I have a connection to where I'd never pay more than retail for it. Right. And that's, that's why I do it. Cause I'm like, Hey, I can get this for a reasonable price, you know, and, and it's cool. But then, you know, I hear about these people like for, you know, Yamas, what's it? Yamazaki 12 or oh, Yamazaki Christ. 18. And they're paying like two grand for it. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? There is no whiskey on earth yeah. that will ever give you a $2,000 experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. People need to stop. They need to stop. They're, they're, they're incentivizing liquor stores to rip them off and they're, you know, walking out the door with a smile because they got their hands on something that they're, they've been looking for. Yeah. When in fact, if everybody just said, fuck you for charging two grand for something, it should be 300 bucks. We'd be better off as a society. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you could eventually afford two bottles and shut the fuck up and move on. If they, yeah. once they mark it down. Um, speaking of, yeah. speaking of, uh, a fucking desolate, uh, view on the society's future. You brought something up earlier, uh, on the beginning of the show that I wanted to make sure you had time to, uh, to go in into depth and, and learn me up oh. on, um, the, I guess the find out far portion of fucking around as, uh, humans on earth. What, uh, what do you got for us, Frank? Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, it's, you know. We all know healthcare is broken, but I want to give a very unique scenario that just shows how fucking stupid this shit is. Okay. And I know most people, when they get an operation, you know, they either have to have it in the ER or it's an outpatient procedure. So they've never seen the stark difference. And there could be a train coming here in just a second. So can't wait. Forewarning. It sounds like there is one coming. Um, so there you go. All right. <laughs> Keep talking for a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, uh, I think back to the train's best moments on this podcast. Honestly, he's had a lot. And uh, I think honestly, my favorite is when uh, the train kept calling in every time Willem was talking. Um, and by calling in, I mean on my soundboard. Uh, that I kept playing over Villem talking. I just, woo, loved it. Honestly, some of my best Dude, work as a, that shit as a podcast hilarious. producer. For, for the longest time during that cast, Villem was like, what the fuck? How many <laughs> fucking trains are There's coming? another train? <laughs> as, as one of my proudest moments as a producer, audio producer. Really, really good stuff. That was so good. That was so good. So, um, no, okay. So so I had the unfortunate scenario. So my 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 daughter's been dealing and I think I mentioned it last podcast with um some inflamed lymph nodes that um are as a result of a atypical microbacterial infection that essentially got lodged in her lymph nodes and just 
grows slowly and really difficult to treat because it's in the lymph nodes and, you know, it's a whole thing. Any case, um, you know, we were scheduled to, um, you know, see an ENT uh, two weeks ago and we were, you know, we had a plan put together to uh, have this lymph node um, or these lymph nodes um, drained and then um, one of the healthier ones taken out so that they could do uh, pathology on it to figure out what bacteria it was so that we could get a better treatment plan in terms of antibiotics, et cetera, for her, um, her issue. Well, um, that whole plan, right, was approved and everybody agreed to it. And then I got a very kind phone call from the um, the ENTs. I don't even know what the fuck this bitch called herself, like a financial savant or something. Um, and she called me with what she referred to as the estimate for your procedure. Now, uh, yeah. I know I didn't miss here. And I know damn well she didn't say anything different. But she was supposed to be giving me an estimate for my procedure, right? as is expected. Well, she gives me a number, $900 was my copay. First off, she starts it off with like a bunch of insurance jargon that I'm like, I don't even fucking know what you just said. Yeah, I feel like- How the, much am I paying? I feel like the dumbest person on earth anytime health insurance lingo gets thrown yeah. around. And I, I'm like, I maybe I'm the only one who doesn't understand this. So I'm no. just gonna shut the fuck up here. Yeah. No, so they're like, oh yeah, you know, you have your copay, and until you meet that, then you have your, you know, coinsurance, and then until you meet your out-of-pocket max, you know, this is what you're gonna pay. So I was like, okay, fucking a. Um, what, so you just named like five numbers. What am I gonna pay? Yeah. What, oh, what's, the, what's the bottom line? Literal bottom yeah, line. Like, this is like nine hundred and eighty dollars. I was like, okay, cool. And she goes. Um, but just so you're aware, that's only for the doctor's time. It does not include the surgery center or the anesthesiologist. Oh, yeah. And I lit this lady up. I was like, ma'am, this is a waste of my time. And she goes, uh, sir, what do you mean? And I go, you started this call by saying you were giving me an estimate for the procedure. You gave me an estimate for the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, in what, in what world... Can I say, oh, I'm giving you an estimate to fix your car and only give you the parts? Oh, dude, get ready, get ready so, for this. Uh, so, on to that when you when you posted that to the to our Telegram thread, I almost jumped in, but then I got too heated. I literally had to put my phone down. Uh, so, when I had my my colonoscopy back in October, the doctor's office yeah. can't, called and said the exact same thing. Like it could be fucking scripted to what you just said. Because they walked through yep. the cost of the procedure, and I was like, "Okay, that sounds great." After insurance, it was like two hundred and seventy, two hundred eighty dollars. I was like, "Cool, perfect, wonderful." And they were like, "Okay, uh, when do you want this planned?" Because we hadn't even gone through the planning process, like to get it scheduled. Mm -hmm. And I told her what dates I was available, what dates I was not available, because with that, you got to do some planning. So yeah. she told me, and I was like, cool, I want that date. And it was like October 11th or something like that. And she was like, okay, awesome. All right. And um, that's going to be at 
some hospital in Denton. She's like, doctor usually does procedures there in office and they're a lot easier to do, a lot cheaper. Um, uh, so um, the hospital will call you with the cost of the procedure for the, you know, on their end. And then the anesthesiologist will get a hold of you after the procedure. All right. Have a great day, Mr. Brian. I was like, wait, hope the fucking what? So the cost of that procedure went from what, $290, which that lady said, uh, to uh, right around $1,300. After That's insurance? exactly what I told her. I said, ma'am, you are leaving out the two most important factors in this procedure. Like, what what, what about this is an estimate? Yeah. I was like, you could have told me the price of the fucking chips that I'm going to be buying on the way home from this procedure, and it would be as valid yeah. as what you just told me. Yeah, it would be as, as and helpful she was for so, sure. She was, so, she was so angry at the end of this. She goes, sir, I don't know what to tell you. And I go... I don't really know what your job is. Yeah. Well, I mean, to her, what's wild is it's probably the first time she's heard that. It's not the first time that is not the first time that someone on the other end of the phone has thought that of like, well, then what the fuck are you doing? Like, why don't y'all three get together, figure this shit out and call me together. Just put Mm -hmm. me on a three way call and then walk through each of your costs. And then that's what I told her. I said, ma'am, ma'am, this, this price couldn't be less important to me. Like, there, there's not a single thing on this price that tells me how much it is, what I should be expecting, you know, from a, a total perspective. This is just, oh, I want to make sure my doctor's paid. Then she said, and we're going to have to have you uh, pay that copay before the procedure. Yeah. It's like, okay. It, it okay. Feel, does, that's did it, neat. Did it feel like a shakedown? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, 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 <laughs> so here's. Literally told my therapist today. I was like, "Dude, it feels like my my bank account is a fucking pinata." Oh, like you just come there, you you just you know, fucking every doctor in the world is just taking a swipe and money falls out, dude. So I do that. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. go ahead. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, um, what what what, uh, hospital did y'all go to? Was it to Dell Children? But that's not. Well, no, no, no. The that's, reason- that's a later. That's later in my story. But we went to Dell Children's. Okay. The reason I ask because we we um, the ENT because my daughter had a similar procedure uh, in 2019. wasn't yep. uh, wasn't a bacterial infection, so there wasn't a wasn't a bunch of other tests that they had to run after. Um, but we went through Children's for the ENT, and what was nice about Children's up here is that it was all one price. So that when we, mm-hmm. because we went to children's, they had a, a branch up here in Frisco and that's where we saw the doctor himself who was younger than me, which is a real, it was a mind fuck. Uh, I was like, you're going to have a knife on my daughter's throat. Cool. We went to high school together. You were an underclassman when I was, uh, anyway. Um, but then the, like once we got everything sorted out, I mean, we had to do copays each time we went in for tests expected, whatever that makes sense. Um, but then when we got time to schedule the procedure, the lady called and it was a very, very awesome experience up here at children's in Dallas Yeah, because that lady was like, here's your cost breakdown. Here is the absolute maximum that you will pay. And here is what's expected. And they were within $75 of each other. But that's, that's Texas children's, right? Uh, no idea. It was just children's children's hospital. Oh, okay. Um, Got yeah, it. it it was an amazing experience. Only time in my life that's ever been the case. Because when Mrs. Bryan was pregnant, 
it was a lot like that. It was, hey, it's going to be $1,500 to have this baby. Okay. And here's a payment plan. You can get to working on it because we, we know you're not going anywhere. Ha, 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 ha. Paid it yep. well in advance of, of the due date. And then when we got to the hospital, they were like, ha, ha. Here's, you're going to have another bill here. But they told us like two weeks away from when, the, when our daughter was actually born. We had no idea. We had no, like, n- no one ever told us that there was going to be no. an additional charge. We so thought that's, we that's had the everything bullshit. paid Okay, up. okay. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Okay. So, so I get this, this estimate and I just ring this lady. Then the next day, the surgery center calls and she's like, well, it's the procedure. The, the, uh, the OR is going to be booked for an hour, but the procedure will take 15 minutes, but you know, we need to clean up and whatnot. And, um, so the, um, we'll bill insurance for X amount. I can't remember what it was. Your portion will be $2,500. Yeah. yeah exactly. And I was like, Oh, okay. Come again. I go, I go, okay. Um, I go, ma'am, do you understand how absurd you sound? <laughs> and she goes, uh, what do you mean? I go, my daughter is going to spend 15 minutes in a room for 2,500 fucking dollars. Yeah. And she goes, uh, yes, sir. That's just, you know, that's the agreement between us and the insurance company and the doctor. And I go, oh, okay. I go, well, this, this system's fucking broken. Yeah. And she goes, um, she goes, uh, yeah, I agree. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, was... And you, you, these people are like fucking debt collectors. Yeah. Like they're, they, they, they serve the same fucking purpose. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. She goes, yeah. And you're going to have to pay us by Monday to have this uh, surgery secured. And I go, I'll pay you Monday uh, afternoon at four fifty. Yeah, we, we, and she goes, uh, "Okay, sir. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you Monday." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So at this point, I'm fucking heated, right? The anesthesiologist called um, the next day, and um, sorry, just a second. No, no worries. Um, no, so the anesthesiologist called the next day, and. You know, this lady was like, "I'm, I'm about to give you an estimate," and I go, "Okay, you can call back Monday." And I was like, "I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm just not dealing with these fucking people." Yeah. Um, and I was like, "And I will pay at the very last minute for this shit and make their lives as inconvenient as fucking possible because fuck them." So, in any case, the total that they wanted out of me, out of pocket, was somewhere in the neighborhood of forty five hundred dollars before the surgery could take place. Okay. Yeah. The- Fast forward. Hold, hold. I just, to, I don't want to bypass okay. what you said because uh, it was said to me as well. Um, with the, in October with my procedure, before the procedure can take place. Now, before anything can take place. Now, they want this amount of money. For me, whatever. Like, I have all all capacity to tell the doctor, yeah, I'm not doing this. Then, like, we're not. I could, the procedure can wait. In your instance, and the instance with my daughter, it wasn't a. This this can wait. That wasn't a fucking option. No, oh, I need to get this sorted. Yeah, and it's like the, you no. then you then get put in a real weird spot. And like, I'm gonna assume here, Frank, that like you were y'all y'all are able to move stuff around and get it taken care of. There are a lot of people who don't have that yeah. option. Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? So then? this is what I told. This is what I told the lady. I go, ma'am, you are calling me and asking me between the three of you for literally almost two months of folks mortgage. Yeah. I was like, do you understand how absurd that is? 
And she was like, yes, yeah, sir, but that's the policy. We've got to collect it beforehand. And da, 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 da. I go, okay, fine. Um, I'll pay it late. You know, at, at the last minute, I'll pay it. Um, but I, uh, this is fucking crazy. So yeah. um, we Sunday morning, my daughter wakes up and this, you know, lymph node had started abscessing and it started hurting and she had a fever. And I was like, we need to go to Dell Children's. You know, this could turn south very quickly. Yeah. We need to get her there so it doesn't turn into a blood infection and all this shit. So we get her to Dell, um, get everything right. And at this point, dad is like, fuck it. We're meeting at our, our out-of-pocket maximum like in, in a day here. Yeah. Um, and Brian, I have gotten everything but the anesthesiologist bill. At, once the anesthesiologist bill comes through, I'm assuming it'll be, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 1200 1500 bucks. Yeah. Um, once I am out the door at Dell Children's with three days at the fucking hospital, I am going to be right around six grand. Yeah. Now you tell me how fucked up this entire system is when my procedure out of pocket would have been $4,500, no hospital state outpatient procedure with three days in the fucking children's hospital. My daughter is about to pay just around $6,000. That is fucking mental and absolutely like complete scam. Yeah. Absolute scam. Yeah. Um, and it's, and I intend fully to call, the ARC and, and, and all of these billing departments and say, Hey, listen, I want to tell you a little story and you can choose whether or not, you know, you believe in the system anymore and you want to work at this job, but it's fucked up that you guys do this to people. Dude. I, from, from the jump, I bonkers how this shit has gone on for this long and people have tolerated it. Right. Yeah. But it's to me, it's it's because people have this respect for the profession, which I respect doctors, don't get me wrong, but I also respect auto mechanics. And you know what? If your system is this fucking broken, you're gonna catch some heat. I, like I I, I I fully intend to call that doctor and say, listen, Mr. Derva, here is what happened to me. How is that right? Yeah, how is that right? You work for these people. Yeah, How I mean, is that right? Like, you put pressure on the folks who actually are doing the job. I, I Unfortunately, that's the only way it's going to change. I, I'm so sick of people, you know, sitting around being like, yeah, but it's the doctor and he doesn't have any control. I don't fucking care. I don't care. Yeah. I, he, he's in the system. Go figure it out. Go figure it out. D- I, until there is an incentive for that to happen, it won't change. Mm-hmm. I, it's fucking frustrating when I was in this, I struggle with the, uh, balance between who to blame, whether it's an insurance company, uh, and like, or, you know, the doctor themselves or the hospital itself. Um, my struggle is that there are insurance companies out there that have all that shit handled. Um, what's fucking hilarious is, uh, so like when I was in high school, I had to have an MRI done on my ankle. It was broken. They were just trying to make sure there wasn't any like soft tissue or ligament damage. That MRI done on a, like a Tuesday evening at like six o'clock in like a dead ass empty hospital in Oklahoma city was going to cost my family, uh, I think $1,500 procedure took. Holy shit. Less than 30 minutes. With my parents' yeah. uh, insurance, Frank, do you want to take a guess how much it was? 
No. Twelve dollars and fifty cents. Fifty bucks. Twelve, oh my god. Twelve fifty. Um, do you know what insurance they have? The government, Medicare. Yeah. So, well, uh, Tricare, because my dad is a retired, hundred uh, percent disabled, retired vet. Um, it is socialized medicine. <laughs> It, it, yeah. What's fucking hilarious is that we have uh, so many Blue Lives Matter folks um, with Punisher skulls on the back of their cars screaming that people just need to get off the government dole. Um, and they have socialized medicine, if it, nothing else offered to them, yep. um, that is really good. I had, uh, I mean, it wasn't like I just went to some fucking, uh, you know, strip mall MRI center in, you know, Midwest city or something. No, I went to a yep. big ass hospital in Oklahoma city where I went to see an ankle specialist. I didn't, that was also the first time that I had ever dawned on my, on my very simple mind that, uh, uh, somebody could specialize in ankles. Uh, but I met him. He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> um, but like, so, but it, that is, that's the crazy part, dude is, is like, okay. And, and guess what's offered during my, um, my hospital. Oh, uh, do they offer you financing post hospital? They offer you a payment plan. No interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These fuckers were shaking me down for $4,900 during tax season. Go well, fuck yourself. It's because it's because <laughs> that is the, mental. Hey, I just have to, I have to step away for a second. Okay. I'll pause this. But go ahead. Okay. Frank's back. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you know what? First episode back, Frank, I feel like we covered a lot here. We, um, we, uh, shitted on people paying $2,000 for whiskey. And, uh, now we're going to hold a revolt against, uh, hospitals across the country. I think, you know, I fantastic yeah. work first round back. So here's the thing, right? A medical bill that they send you that's under $500, um, cannot go on your credit report. So remember that. Okay. <laughs> Second thing is if you make a payment to a medical bill, any payment, it could be a fucking dollar. It cannot go on your credit report. So do with that information what so. you will. <laughs> there is a lot of power that the consumer has similar to the bourbon trade that they need to start flexing. And it doesn't matter about ability to pay, right? Like I could pay all of these bills tomorrow and it would be no difference to me. That's not the fucking point. Um, and I'm sick and tired of folks like not understanding that that's not the point. Yeah. You know, like in, in no world should they be calling you for five grand before a surgery in no world. Well, yeah, it's okay. before the surgery, um, before the procedure takes place is the thing that really fucking grinds my gears. Yes. In yeah. no world for you to even be touched. You need money. That is, that is horseshit. And that forces people to go through ERs to get necessary procedures done because they wait because they don't have the money and it puts the burden on er doctors that shouldn't be seeing these people yep and er waiting rooms that are hours long because these people should have never been there okay so once you understand the system and you understand that there's this whole side business in medicine that is just there to exploit people for money and I'm looking directly at the anesthesiologist because they're the fucking worst. Um, you, you need to understand what you're dealing with. I have U.S. anesthesiology partners calling me once a week about a $200 bill that I will never fucking pay. Yeah. Okay? I will never pay it. And I told the lady. I said, ma'am, you can do nothing. 
you literally have no power. You cannot impact my credit. You cannot not perform surgery. You cannot refuse me anesthesia because I need it, right? Yeah. Like, you have no power here. I go, this bill is less than $500. I will not pay it. You continue to waste your time calling me. She, You know what her response was? Well, sir, that's just sad. And I go, yep, not as sad as your job. And I hung up the phone. Well, so, I mean, honestly, she um, should have taken that as like, all right, sweet. I know I'm going to get a no a no response every time I call that. I get paid either way. Though, no, <laughs> I specifically answer. I specifically answer every fucking time. No. And I give them the same fucking shit because I want those people to hate their jobs and quit because that <laughs> job should not exist. Hate their jobs and quit. Um, Frank, at this point, yeah, you've taken absolutely. out. You've taken it, out. If I'm giving you mental health problems, imagine the amount of people you've driven to suicide. Fuck you. I'm out. Like I'm out, dude. I'm not, I'm not. These people should all understand how shitty it is that their jobs exist and, and how shitty it is that they're calling people who are in dire straits about a $200 anesthesiology bill that I'm a debt collector for us anesthesia. Okay. Let me answer the phone. Cool. What's up? <laughs> oh, you have a debt that's we're calling about an unsettled debt. Oh, okay, cool. How much? 200 bucks. Oh, sweet. Is this the anesthesia people? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Hey, let me just tell you, fuck you, first off. <laughs> Second, um, I won't be paying that because you can't put that on my credit report. Oh, sir, is that the only reason you're not paying? Yep, that is the reason I'm not paying. You have no recourse for me not to pay this. That's sad. Not as sad as your job. That's the conversation. Every fucking time. It's happened at least 10 times over the past year. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> so, I, listen, at this point, Frank, you've taken out... Um, uh, insurance debt collectors, you wipe them out. You body every one of them. Um, I can't look at a DNL trucking company trailer and not think pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see who you take on next season. <laughs> I, dude, I hope it's, it's the it's cops. Common, dude. Uh, <laughs> we we still need to have the entire conversation. I was going to bring this up today about the uh, the uh, veteran-owned firefighter. Oh owned God! Thing. We will have that we'll, next podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll next get podcast. we'll get to that in an upcoming episode because I, I feel like that's gonna have a. You know what? There's gonna be two things. We need to have the uh, firefighter and veteran-owned uh, business conversation, and then piggyback off that, we'll do a twofer. We'll we'll do a two recordings in one day uh, where we finally let Parker get into his conspiracy theory cast. And we won't, we'll oh, tell him, yeah, we still need to do we'll that. tell him it's coming and we'll tell him it's on. And then I just yeah. won't press record and it'll be good. And everyone <laughs> will be happier. I feel like the world will be a better place. You know what I mean? Like we'll remain uncanceled. Uh, <laughs> Cause he wanted to get into that in or, 2016. Or, <laughs> or we just pretend as though the train is coming oh, by every, every time. time. And let me just tell you another thing about vaccines in general. Oh, God, that was such a good point. Oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. I, I can't believe more people don't know about that and Tower 7. Anyway. Uh, well, Frank, thank you for uh, joining me on uh, uh, first podcast of 2024. Um, we have a big anniversary first coming up. First of many. First of many. Hopefully more than a more than more than what we did in 2023. I I, I want to say uh, yes. I'll be the first yeah. to tell you, Frank, on today, January 31st. Happy New Year, one, um, two. Happy New Year. Uh, <laughs> at the end of this podcast, um, two. 
Fuck 2023. That year really fucking sucked. I goddamn hated it. Worst year of my life. No, no joke. No, <laughs> not even, not even Agreed. a close. Like it wasn't even in the running for anything other than the worst year. So fuck 2023. Yeah. Um, thank you to each and every one of our listeners who listened to us uh, and our genius as it flows out over the airwaves. Until next time, for Brian here in North Texas, I'm out. For Frank in far, far, far South Austin, uh, yeah, fuck health insurance. Fuck, honestly, fuck debt collectors. Fuck the financial gurus who come up with the whole system. The people who call you to give you estimates for, I guess, replacing a tire when you need an engine fixed. You know, like, fuck the whole thing. Fuck the bit. Stop paying your bills. You know, it, it, go to the ER if you need something done, honestly. Like, that, that's that's one of the smartest things you can do. If you feel bad, go to the ER. If you need something done, tell them to do it right then. You're going to pay less, and you're going to be able to set up a payment plan. And these fuckers, out of pay, outpatient shit just does not work. It is being abused out of, you know, out of control. So I'm out. Yeah.